You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Hannah, this is the 300th episode of Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Really? You did not tell me that beforehand. (laughs) There's a lot that I haven't told you about what this episode will entail. One of the things that we're going to do is not really do much of an intro. We're just going to kind of jump into it. Uh, For the 300th episode, you know, you're supposed to do some sort of like, this is a big moment because it's weird to just do it on like the 287th. But recently started Piper Creative. We just recorded the one month in video in which we talked about kind of our three big learnings. That will go up that will have already been up by the time that this podcast goes up. And so really what I wanted to do in the course of this interview is a couple things. Number one, introduce you to the audience who might be familiar with me, might have come across Piper because of like my social posting about it, but not really know who you are, why you're my co-founder, um, and that kind of basics. And then maybe get into a little bit of what you're doing these days. And that is, you know, the vlogging, the photos, the graphic design, and the painting as well. So so we're going to cover all of that and uh, just you know paint this picture of who the chief creative officer of Piper Creative is. But to start things off, I think we're just going to go straight linear narrative style and go back about three years and start with the story of how you got the job of photographer for the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds in their first season in the AUDL. Sure. So it was a cold November night. <laughs> Not going to start like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just one day in November. I was interested in maybe playing some casual ultimate frisbee myself because I played pickup as a kid. And so I just Googled Pittsburgh ultimate frisbee leagues and the Thunderbirds website was the first thing that popped up. And I was immediately interested. I clicked around on their website and looked at their job opportunities page and saw that there was not a photographer listing there, but I thought, you know what, it would be pretty cool to be involved with this organization. So I shot an email to the general manager and just included a link to my portfolio of action shots and said, listen, I would love to be a part of such a young organization and I'm super into the Pittsburgh sports scene. So Uh, let me know what you think. I would love to work with you guys. And sure enough, he was like, we would love to have you be a part of the Thunderbirds team. So I started shooting for the T-Birds. I think their second year in existence. Um, Have been shooting for them ever since. (laughs) Ever since as in like two years. But uh, yeah, that's when we met. I, I remember the first practice I shot, or it was either the first practice or the first tryout that I shot and you were going deep for a pass and someone from the sidelines just called going deep with Aaron Watson. And that stuck out to me because I had heard of your podcast before, but I was like, okay, well that's obviously Aaron. Um, And then after one of the games, I remember I went up to you and just said, Hey, listen, I heard your podcast about Praxis and introduced me to the program, but I am now doing Praxis because I heard of it through your podcast. So thanks for that. Um, that was wild because that was an yeah. interview I'd done with Zach Slayback. Yeah. I don't remember precisely how he'd gotten on the show, but I was just enthralled with what Praxis was doing and he was involved with them at the time. Did you start listening to the podcast like after that kind of introduction or how did you, how did you happen upon the podcast that was about an apprenticeship and for people who didn't want to go to college? I happened upon the podcast. Oh, Gosh, 
I think I was just looking into more of the Pittsburgh entrepreneurial scene when I was a junior in high school, just because I knew that's something that I would be into once I graduated. And I came across a couple of your episodes and I listened to the one with Zach when I was a senior. And that's how I got into Praxis or was first introduced to Praxis. Uh, And that was after I think it was after um, I already started shooting for the Thunderbirds too because I knew of you but I didn't introduce myself because I was like oh he's so busy with his own stuff and he's a player and I'm just the photographer on the sidelines so but yeah no I'd been shooting for the T-Birds for a couple of months and that's when I originally reached out to you and said listen you took a huge part in my life after graduating high school so that's wild. So you graduated high school. You didn't go to college. You did the apprenticeship. Um, that was a nine or 12 month apprenticeship. It was. Uh, so the Praxis program at the time was one year. And I think they've changed the model since I graduated the program. But it was two months of a professional boot camp and then supposed to be 10 months at this apprenticeship. And I was only there for four. Uh, it was at a g- digital marketing agency So I am not the nine to five type of person. And I learned a lot at the apprenticeship, but I ultimately was not passionate about the work I was doing because it was for someone else. I am much more um, passionate about projects that I do for myself and clients that I acquire on my own. So, I mean, that set you up for a number of different reasons. You got some you you got some awareness of things that you don't want to do. You got some training as it pertains to entrepreneurial endeavors through just being around the Praxis folks. And that led to basically what you've been doing for the last two years or so, which is a mix of uh, painting, social media consulting, and photography. Break down what you've been doing for the last two years or so and how you sustained yourself at such a young age. Yeah. um, At the time when I started the apprenticeship, I was still taking side projects, so they were logo design, branding packages, um, random photo shoots, and an occasional commission painting. Uh, After I left the apprenticeship, I went and did that full time. So I was, that was the first time that Hannah Phillips Media became my full time job, but the brand has been in, in existence since I was 16 years old. Gotcha. And we worked together. We did some photos. You did the logo for the Going Deep Summit. And I've obviously seen the, the paintings from Instagram. Your primary means of getting business was either like friends and referrals or Instagram. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Most of my. Uh, new clients came through my Instagram page just because I consistently uh, posted my work there, whether it was photography, uh, painting, graphic design projects. I just would always make it a point to update. This is what I'm doing and this is what I've done for other people. And how many how many followers did you have when you first realized that Instagram was driving business for you? Around a thousand, I think. I don't think there's a specific number that matters necessarily to turn followers into clients. But right around the time I got a thousand followers, I that's when people from more of the Pittsburgh creative scene or entrepreneurial scene started following me and noticing my work and just kind of spread it through word of mouth over the platform itself. So talk me through, I mean, we're in your apartment right now. I'm looking into your studio with all these ridiculously cool paintings that you've made. And 
I I could literally paint every day for a year, and I don't think I'd be able to sell any paintings. Uh, it's just it's just straight up not a skill set that I have. But it's not just natural talent. It's clearly a craft that you've honed. How did you go about building um, the painting skill set? And then maybe talk a little bit about the graphic design and the photography as well. Yeah. So I started painting, basically. I started art ever since I could hold a crayon. Um, I've always loved art. And when I was four years old, I remember people would start to ask me like, oh, what do you want to be when I, when you grow up? And I always said, I want to be an artist. And that has not changed. Art is just my one true passion. It's the thing I would do if I had to choose one thing to do for the rest of my life. It would be art. But so it's just a lifelong practice and reps and... And then the graphic design and photography came a little bit later when I, when I was able to work my way around a computer and I taught myself Photoshop around age 11. And then photography, I was introduced to with my mom's little point and shoot camera. I would just spend hours in the backyard taking pictures of flowers and any, anybody that would let me take their picture. It all came about very naturally, but because I was homeschooled growing up, I just had so much time to practice these things that I eventually really learned to love. You're definitely scratching your own itch. Now, when you talk about art, like that's to many people either inaccessible or an amorphous term. And you can go in the super granola direction of like everything you do is art, driving down the street is art. Like this, like, you know what I mean? And clearly that's not your mindset. So this is partially a self-serving question because like you're my creative business partner. So I need to know like what is engaging versus not engaging for you from this artistic perspective where the painting, it's, it's kind of obvious that you're in pure creation mode versus maybe like one of the videos that we're doing for this is Piper vlog or a piece of graphic design. Like, is there somewhere that you maybe draw a line? I don't know if it's by more of a gray line than a black uh, concrete line. Yeah. Anything that regarding art is definitely a gray area in itself but for me I I've never been much of an abstract artist I and I totally respect people who are able to look at a canvas and make something with no reference and just something straight from their own heads but I've always been very attracted to the human form when I was little that's all I would just draw people and I grew out of the stick figure phase very quickly because I I would go through phases in my art where uh, if someone is running down the street, I notice if it's a girl, her hair flies behind her. And when I was six years old, I literally had sketchbooks filled up with just running figures and their hair flying behind them. It's just when it comes to art, I get very focused on particular figures or subjects and just try to master them what are you particularly focused on right now oh man I just went through a water phase I would paint water or try try to do my interpretation of water but right now I would say I'm very attracted to more industrial type of scenes and cityscapes I I did landscapes for a couple of months and now I'm more attracted to the cityscapes. And I, being from Pittsburgh, I've always loved our skyline. Um, But now I am really liking doing different interpretations of it and maybe playing around with more abstract work. We'll see. So clearly this is like 
so I've actually been coached by my buddy uh, Mick Van Ness to instead of saying things are like draining or fulfilling mm-hmm. to think about they're aligned or misaligned mm-hmm. with your, your vision because it shouldn't ever be something where you're empty or um, like lacking a piece of yourself. You're always all there. Just are you in alignment with what you're oriented to be doing? And so to like to speak to my skill set, talking with people, questioning them, interviewing people, uh, finding needs, kind of the sales biz dev process is something that where I'm very aligned. You're very aligned in this creative state. What's the opposite of that? Where, where, where do you feel the least aligned? Where do you feel out of your element? Where do you feel like you're not fitting? You're, you're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. That's a really tough question. I would honestly say that most of the work that you are taking on in our business is where I just have no patience. I don't have any patience for it. And it's like pulling teeth to do the more administrative stuff. Um, yeah. So you're talking about like the LLC paperwork the and LLC stuff. The LLC stuff, which I know you... I don't feel you don't particularly aligned. Exactly. <laughs> but you're doing it. And I, you have to know, like, I so appreciate that. Um, but even just the copywriting and more of the stuff that takes takes focus away from the creative and more onto the technical side of things is uh, where I feel slightly misaligned. Also, I'm very introverted and just over the years I've gotten better at being in large groups of people for longer periods of time, but still even even with some of the events we've done in the past month or so, um, I'll come home and just be totally wiped out and need to recalibrate for a solid day or so. Yeah, I I wouldn't say I feel misaligned in social settings, because especially in the Pittsburgh entrepreneur scene where I so enjoy being around those types of people. It's your people. It's my people. That is just my tribe. But when it comes to big events and being on all the time it's definitely something that takes way more energy than I normally have so gotcha so maybe now we can talk and and tell the story from your vantage point so I think I mean we've kind of both told the story on the YouTube channel I've talked about a little with people from like my perspective of starting Piper Creative having the idea pitching you but maybe the the story that would be makes sense to tell now is your experience of first getting approached with the idea, how you thought about it, how you processed all that up to launching the company on March 23rd, February 23rd, February 26th, 26th. February 26th yes. is the date in which our company was started. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So when you first came to me with the idea eight months ago, I think we said it was, I was automatically intrigued and excited for you to do something with it and I think in the few times that we saw each other after that I kept bringing it up and I said okay so where where are you now with this and and I had no idea that you were ever intending to ask me to be a part of it but when you sat down with me after the going deep summit I assumed it was just gonna be a meeting to recap the event itself and go over photos and talk about stuff for the next year's event. But uh, you asked me to be your co-founder and I can't, I can't say that it was 
a 100% yes. I was 99% sure like I I love this. I have to be I have to be a part of it. But after I left that meeting, I got in my car, I pulled out my phone and I said, "So Aaron just asked me to co-found a company with him and I'm almost completely sure that I'm going to do it." I have to sort out some things on the HP media end and talk to some people that I trust, but I thought it would be good to have this video just for the future, especially with the nature of the company. And then I literally have it on camera the moment where it clicked with me and I said, just the fact that I pulled out my phone confirms with me that I'm meant to do this and I'm seeing far enough down the line where I can see this being useful so um who are the people that you trust that you approached I, with, you know? <laughs> I talked to my parents I talked to a good friend of mine from Praxis Lydia um and I think that was it I I really value my parents opinions just because they've always um been very supportive in my different endeavors and between those three what what are one or two things that your confidence said that was like made you think about it differently or solidified or changed or made you question anything about starting a company? Yeah. So I, I talked to my dad first and, um, and he said, after I explained the whole business model and the whole idea to him, he said, Hannah, this is not even a risk. It's just an adventure. You have nothing to lose. And I said, Oh my gosh, you're right. It's, it's, just that I can continue with my side hustles. I can t- I can continue doing what I've been doing with HP Media, just putting my primary focus on Piper, and it would still I would still get so much fulfillment out of everything. So makes sense. So we went up and we launched, and you did something. So this is just another th- anecdote for people about Hannah that I think is just completely illustrates how differently we think or that like the different skill sets that we have is you'd always had this unifying theme of your Instagram account of this, these different shades of blue, or maybe it's a specific shade of blue. I'm probably already butchering it, but you made a transition where the unifying theme or aesthetic of your account now is more of a red instead of a blue because Piper's core color is, is red. That's ident- it's identifying color. And you explained that to me. I was like, I I don't even like process things that way. So that was completely confirming to me that like you had this amazing complimentary skill set. But you you work up to the launch February twenty sixth. I I can speak briefly to my experience, which was like all this inbound of both meaningful and like interestingly slightly off putting input, which is so like the great stuff is, you know, people texting me. I had a uh Someone, from, someone in Ashley's family actually sent this book that was like today in history from like the New York Times that was super meaningful and touching. All these people say, you know, asking questions, wanting to meet about it, giving me advice if they were kind of more of a mentor role. And then people who are also doing like the whatever, whatever LinkedIn suggests as like the first um, template of like five words that you say when someone gets a new job, sending me that message. But I got it from like seven people. So it was clearly no thought put into it and just more disruptive because you made the time to like send me this message, but I'm getting it from eight people, which I'm starting to ramble now and and people (laughs) don't care so much about it. But like that was a really interesting experience in all. 
what was your experience like in launching the company, the inbound that you got and what those interactions look like? Yeah. Um, so the day before we launched, I made a post, I think on my Instagram and Facebook, just explaining that the HP media chapter of my life has come to a close. And this is something that I didn't realize how emotional it was going to be for me until the day I literally typed out the caption for Instagram and realized, okay, this has been a part of my life for four years, which is a fifth of my life as a 20 year old. (laughs) Um, So I got a lot of really positive and encouraging feedback on that post in particular. And people were very excited to see what I had coming up for the next day because I said, stay, stay tuned, you know, keep your eyes out for what the next endeavor is going to be. And when I announced Piper Creative, I, I have to double check this, but I'm pretty sure that post is the most liked and commented on post on my entire Instagram page, which says a lot about my audience and how much support they give me and have given me over the years um, and just how much they believe in the idea and want to see me succeed. So I felt, I mean, I was so grateful for all the positive feedback there. <laughs> I, a couple of older people in my circle are, they still don't quite get Piper. They don't get what we're doing. They don't get the value of the documentary as a service. Um, so just in that, that's been the only sort of off-putting feedback that I've gotten. But for the most part, it's been nothing but support and encouragement. So so what gets you the most excited about doing this? Like, I don't want to I guess the video already came out with like the three lessons that we've learned, but you've mentioned how you like having a business partner and we kind of complement each other. But as we move forward, like, so maybe I can speak to myself for a little bit. I think that number one, having a record of the company in this ongoing vlog is really powerful. But what I'm most excited about moving forward to eventually do is to find the first one to three clients, the people, you know, they kind of have to be a little bit of a renegade, more on the bleeding edge in terms of technology and media strategy and just getting my own view into their lives and like what their day-to-day looks like, because I feel like that can inform my work as an entrepreneur. Um, But what are some of the things like down the pipe for Piper that gets you particularly excited? I'm just, so you know this, but everyone else might not. I love our name just Piper Creative. I love the origin story. I love how it gives a little homage to Pittsburgh and the basketball team from Pittsburgh from the 60s. Was it 1968? Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's such a dynamic name in the sense that it's not tied to anything in particular. You don't associate it with anything. And we have all this space to just own it and make our own empire with it. And so the thing that really excites me about Piper Creative is spanning into all these different avenues where the possibilities are just endless. You know, we can do Piper Apparel, we can do Piper Events, we can do Piper Coffee, we can do Piper Washer Dryers, who knows? It just, that's what really gets me excited about going forward is the possibilities are endless. You've used the word empire here a couple of times. What does an empire mean to you? It, to me, I 
one picture in particular comes to my head, and that is the U.S. Steel Building in downtown Pittsburgh. It has UPMC on there. Yeah. Um, I want to see Piper on there. On the U.S. Steel Building. Yes. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Got our work cut out for us. Um, so, wow, that's that's powerful. Hmm. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about our relationship being like this kind of central thing, holding things together. But from a team building standpoint, like the nature of an agency is that it's very much a human structure, human-based structure. It's not tech-based. There's going to be like things we can automate at the margins, but being creatives, like that's that's the furthest thing from automation. And I'll, I'll actually be frank. That was one of the things that I really put consideration into before starting this and even pitching this to you was if we're going to build a company like one of the pillars to me is that it needs to be built on things that are not directly in the crosshairs of automation and technology being able to replace it and a lot of creative work kind of sits on top of technology and as technology moves the creative skills and abilities kind of ride on top of that and at least you know in my limited understanding and scope of where the trends seem to be going it's got more longevity than a lot of the other stuff at least i agree cool um so if people want to check out some of your dope paintings and connect with you specifically um and and further build out this ecosystem of piper and everything that we're doing where can people connect with you to follow along uh, I'm very active on Instagram, as we mentioned before. So you can find me on Instagram at HP Media, um, or you can feel free to email me at Hannah at PiperCreative.co, or you can check out my website where my portfolio is at, at HannahPhillipsMedia.com. So that's another risk, is that eventually you just become a world-renowned painter, and the marginal cost of doing any sort of work for Piper Creative cannot match the joy and profits that you're making from painting? I would say that's a risk, but when I agreed to to join Piper, I committed to the long haul. I, like I said, I want to build an empire. I, I see Piper on the U.S. Steel Tower so clearly, it's like I can reach out and touch it. So, um, yeah, I I want my legacy to be woven in with the Piper Creative legacy as well. Damn. Well, that's one hell of a note to almost wrap up on. Um, as you obviously know, Hannah, we end each podcast episode with a challenge to the audience. I would love to give you the mic a final time to do so. My personal challenge to the audience is to look at your daily routine And find somewhere where you can carve out 10 minutes and study a subject that you know nothing about. So for me, it could be sitting down to watch a 10-minute YouTube video on body language or human behavior or something. Just carve out 10 minutes either before you go to bed or as soon as you wake up in the morning, look at look at your day, find out where you can carve out an extra 10 minutes and dedicate it to learning something new. I dig it. What is something that you've recently dedicated yourself to learning? 
I am a super huge Myers-Briggs nerd, and I've recently been looking into the scientific evidence of whether or not these types, these personality types actually exist, and sure enough, I've been able to find out some pretty cool stuff about the chemical differences in, in introverts and extroverts' brains, so... That's what I've been looking into recently. That's wild. Earlier on in our uh, time together with Piper, Hannah actually like basically nailed exactly what my Myers-Briggs type was. Maybe you're off by like a letter or something, but you you basically had it. Um, Well, thank you so much for doing this and entertaining all my questions. We just went deep with Hannah Phillips. Hope everyone out there has a fantastic day. Thanks for listening. Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.